definitely more human. And we are not exactly human, if anybody heard that little bit at the start of it, I actually caught it on tape. Ah, this is the High Ground Podcast. Hello, this is I a, am a robot. That's from... Sean of the World's End. World's End. Yes. I knew it was from something. Today we are not talking about the World's End, but I'm pretty certain it's going to come up on this we High Ground it, Podcast. Yes. It's got to go. It is going to come up. It better do, because I've got it on my notes, and it doesn't. It's notes. I made notes for nothing. We are looking at, as you can see, well, by the description, if you're on YouTube or whatever... Format you're watching on there, we're looking at movie soundtracks, but more in particular, because this is going to be part of an ongoing series. I think we'll probably go for a three or four part for this. We'll go soundtrack, score, John Williams special, possibly Tarantino special. Yeah, Tarantino can get, a, uh, get his own. <laughs> Stay tuned anyway, guys. Yeah. One of those. This is all on off the cuff, so uh, it's going to be a look at soundtracks, mixtapes, essentially a soundtrack Yeah. that's already material has been out there for years or months but yeah um, so we're going to rule out say like some eye of the tiger from rocky which is probably yeah, yeah rocky for the film, uh the top gun soundtrack which was yeah i mean that. that is a good soundtrack but it was created for the film so yeah i although i, have, I think it does there's a lot of songs on that that are featured in other films, isn't there? Yeah, I've actually got something on that which really, which I, which I will come to because there's one film that actually the did suspense. it recently. Yeah. So, this is existing music yeah. that's been used to effects in the film, so it's non-specifically written. Yeah, so the rules are it has to have been used to produce the film itself, so the film is written around it or it's included in the film in a mixtape style. So. Yeah, so uh, it's... Uh, yeah, original stuff that you could actually find before the film came out. Yeah. And on greatest hits albums or on albums by individual artists. Yeah. And I've got a good one to start with. Okay, the... fire away. Okay. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Who Wants to Live Forever was written for Highlander. And it used... and for years you think of it with Highlander. Yeah. But Bohemian Rhapsody, the way they use it during the Ace Clinic scene. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's now become with that. Yeah, yeah. I th I th the great thing about Bo Rap was that it didn't care so much, too much about the dates and details like that, and it didn't actually bother me that things were happening out of order or that didn't happen at all because the soundtrack was so well suited to the situations and and the story itself. You know, by the time you reach that that end act, you know you're so pumping and you you're so jubilant, you know, for the fact that he's chosen life over death. And it's just one of those soundtracks that you just think, yeah, like let's get this going. When when that's when Who Wants to Live Forever actually kicked in, I was like, yeah, it's perfect. I mean, I realized that was Highlander was eighty six, was it? And that was eighty five, yeah, or eighty five. It would be eighty five, I think. When that's it, and when it comes in, it just it worked so yeah. perfectly, and, and I, I was like, I think as yeah. well because they're not singing it, it's ambient, yeah, stygetic. So. Um, if it's on the soundtrack in the background, that works way better than if they were singing it, say, because yeah. you definitely know this didn't happen, you know, in that time. But yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I didn't even think about Amy Rhapsody actually. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just because I was thinking because on a train of thought the other day with that and and uh, and ah, you see, it's not what I was thinking of. Uh, in all of these pauses when you know uh, Time Traveller's Wife. I know it's not the actual oh, right. original version, it's they did a re recording of uh, 
Love Will Tear Us Apart. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. And oh, it's a great film. It's a very girly film. And they use that and they use that perfectly. Yeah. In... I I know, I think another one for me, um is American Graffiti. The way that's sort of constructed you know, George Lucas constructed that around the soundtrack, which is something that Tarantino does now. So I mean, did George Lucas do that first as well? Is there another thing he's done first before someone else? I think he did, because I think, you know, I, just don't quote me on this, because I don't have the statistics up, but there was a lot of, if you look at, because uh, American Graffiti was... 73? Yes, 73. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, American Graffiti, you think of it before that, it all soundtracks. It, they yeah, were, it was, yeah. Yeah, they... Uh, Yeah, but they they use like they have written this so they have the stuff written for them. But with American Graffiti, it's like a radio station. It's in yeah. the background of Wolfman Jack. Yeah. So, uh, so when the music stops, when they have the crash, is when there's no radio. Yeah. And it's literally that's very that is a very Tarantino thing. It is, yeah. I mean, having the you know, spent if you've seen Tarantino's latest film, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that's exactly how the music's played through a radio in the car. And if you get the soundtrack, it's even got the radio intermissions, hasn't it? Oh, I love and it. It's, it's that... It, I can't believe he didn't see that film for a second and think, well, that's cool, well, I'd love to do that sometime. With, you know, and he's done it with Reservoir Dogs as well, with the super sounds of the 70s. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, in, the, in 1973, that probably would have been really original. And probably, you know, this is weird, why are we doing this sort of thing? Like, they do with everything new in Hollywood until yeah. they realise it works. With, with graffiti, it, 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 it's, it's perfect because you think about yeah. it, graffiti, uh, if it was no memory, it, it brought the nostalgia back because. Yeah, it's a coming of age, isn't it? Yeah, as uh, it was only about 15 years or so since uh, the the period where it's set. Yeah. And and they still just already started the nostalgia on it. And you've got these uh, traditional style of rock and roll. In 73, there was. It, was, it would be the. You know, it's a whole. You've gone completely past the sixties. Yeah. So you've got the. Rock uh, dead, yeah. Essentially, and, isn't it? And you had the pro beginning of like the prog movement and yeah. the uh, glam. So you've got you got the they're not the whole raw, as it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it. He said himself in a lot of interviews about this that, um, and on the commentary, I think, um, that American graffiti is hit is for him. The lost childhood that America was experiencing because of Vietnam, and you know, especially at the end, like say of the crash, George Lucas had a crash himself when he was young and nearly died. So I think that's definitely his way of working through this this period that for him was now dead. You know, everyone sort of cites, you know, even in American Pie, the song, you know, yeah. Buddy Holly dying is the death of rock and roll, isn't it, in America to a lot of people. So I think this this is the film where the childhood ends and the big decisions come in and. You know, there's that really poignant yeah. bit at the end where they tell you what happens yeah. to each character, which I actually don't like. I actually would have liked to have just seen them walking off into the sunset or, you know, after everything's happened together. But it, it's like that sort of 70s new Hollywood ending, isn't it, where not everything turned out for yeah. the best. That's what I liked about, um, yeah, for a little while. Something for a, for a bit. So what I liked about American Reunion, where you don't, you find out the characters yeah. don't, and that's, yeah, yeah. Did they steal from? Uh, did they steal from American Graffiti? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I, 
certainly sell half the title. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but there's a lot of films with American in the title, so I like them all. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, have you seen the sequel to American Graffiti? No, I haven't actually had enough the opportunity. It's awful, but I think it was like a, a contract thing, like yeah. it had to do with Universal, but um, it, it just doesn't, it falls flat because, you know, like I say, I didn't even want to see the end credits cool thing to describe people, so why would I want to see another film? And the soundtrack is nowhere near as refined as it is in the original. I mean, you can, you can imagine him sitting in, in an office or in his room going, or wherever he did it at college, um, going, this song goes here, this song goes here, well, that one doesn't really work. You know, that sort of organic process is what makes soundtracks special in films, I think. I think he sat there with his record collection and just literally went yeah, yeah. all out. It's, yeah, yeah. The, scene, the scenes. So I imagine it was so, somewhat of a reverse of the record scene in Children of the Dead. Yeah. Um, it. <laughs> <laughs> we will be going Which also show, has a good soundtrack. Yeah, we will be going on to Children of the Dead. I do want to touch on the uh, What's One Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I actually the other day listened to the entire soundtrack in its entirety oh, while right. I was doing housework. Yeah, you have and it's like because I, I had my headphones in and it's like listening to the radio. And yeah. I've got that this is it, it ranks up there, even though it's a, it's a new soundtrack. It's, well, as of recording, it's only been out a couple of months. As a soundtrack, it the way it's constructed itself as a uh, piece of music yeah superb i love the way that they've actually put all these there's no uh, dialogue from the film in it no but they yeah. do use the adverts they and it's just fantastic and i loved it from start to finish you can yeah. literally listen to the radio it, it's like and they also keep the unremastered versions of the song yes they? so they sound sort of sputtery and but um it, I, th I think it works as like a nice bookend to reservoir dogs yeah. which is also sounds like a radio i mean there's dialogue in that as well but um i get the feeling he sort of replaced the radio station stuff with dialogue in the late soundtracks because I, I don't know but it, it just seems to work better as a radio station it does it? it does I've always liked the way that Tarantino does use film dialogue yeah but after listening it feels like now and this is just talking about the music we're not talking about the films here as because if you it's it works so much better for me and this it feels like you could be in the film yeah. you're listening to it. you just literally you're there with the characters but you're listening to the same thing they are listening yeah. to as you go along and, that, and right down right to the batman identity yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's to me represents one of the best soundtracks i've, 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 I've ever purchased it is fantastic yeah. so it's like a story isn't it a tarantino soundtrack yeah. you know you associate these scenes with these songs with the scenes that they come from and you know like I recently listened to Pulp Fiction again as well, and I think that's probably my favourite of his at the moment. Um, just the, the way that, you know, when you hear Son of a Preacher Man, you think of Uma Thurman on the microphone, you'll be a woman soon, you think of her dancing to it and smoking, and um, and the Jack Rabbit Slim song yeah. as well, as, um, You Never Can Tell by Chuck Berry. I mean, there's all these different, right down to Comanche as well at yeah. the end, you know, and, and you're thinking of the, the Bing Range rape scene. <laughs> It's just, oh, it's, it's, it's soundtracks are evocative, you know. Kill Bill is another brilliant soundtrack, volume one. Just, just that, that, um, Battles of Honor and Humanity. You know, the din -din 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 -din. What they use on the trailer. Yeah. Perfect. That was it's fun. fantastic. That's right. That's fun. That was, this is an interesting one. Battles Without Honor and Humanity. Yeah, that was actually you from another film. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's ah. Yakuza. Yeah. Um, you know, it's probably one of the films you probably did watch growing up. And then they used the Lady Snowbloods. Um, music at the end by Kate Kaji. Just 
obscure stuff as well, Tarantino. You know, it's all the stuff the film geeks will pick up, isn't it? And he takes scores from other films yeah. and makes it his own, which yeah. I thought just. Are you sure you didn't read my notes? I actually no, read no, notes no, on I these. Oh, yeah, I think that's fantastic. Taking another film's score yeah. and using it and bringing it into, into your yeah. own. Tarantino's I mean, brilliant. I think his scorier soundtracks are the weaker ones, actually. So, like, Hateful Eight and Django. I think they're, they're weaker because, you know, they just sound like any other score. Whereas when he uses a soundtrack, it's more, like you say, it's, it's, it's incorporative and... It's theft, but it's it's intuitive theft. You know, like any good author thieves yeah. what they know, but they make it different. You know, I think there's a the the best quote about that for me ever is from Edgar Wright in if you watch the Hot Fuzz commentary, um, he talks about his fast editing scenes. You know, like the choppy editing yeah. that he does, like Sam Raimi and Mark Scorsese, and um, he says one film critic pointed out to him and said, "Oh, um, did you did you steal that from uh, from?" Mike Martin Scorsese and he, and he said no I stole it from everyone else who stole it from Martin Scorsese <laughs> you know and that's it. when they do that with soundtracks which is what Tarantino does perfectly it, it just works and you can't explain why it works it's, well I suppose you could yeah I it, 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 you know some people you know the original thing would, would uh would actually you know they'd associate with but yeah it's taking it and, and it's utilizing it to a different audience yeah that's right yeah so uh, you don't actually know you to have watched all these uh, movies where the scores and stuff have been used before yeah because it's working perfectly within the film tarantino would never use something if it wouldn't work to say that look i'm putting yeah. this song in here but you mentioned edgar wright yeah i'm going to back on to queen you're my best friend. Yeah, yeah. Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, I just want to say, Edgar, Edgar Wright, you know, I, we could we could literally make this whole thing about Edgar Wright. And, yeah, I uh, mean, he's, he's like a new Tarantino, yeah. isn't he, in terms of soundtrack? Shaun of the Dead soundtrack is fantastic. Yeah, I've driven look at that everywhere. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. I've just recently found it on Amazon for £3. Ooh. So it, it is out there. Hot Fuzz is hard to find. And I don't think I don't even know if there is one for World's End. I know there's a score. There is a World's End soundtrack. You know how I know? Because you googled it. No. <gasps> oh, because is. I was in HMV uh, about a year or so ago uh, when I was doing my usual looking for uh, looking for hot fuzz. Anytime I go to HMV, I will always go looking for the Cornetto trilogy ones. And it was only one copy, and I was like, I'm having it. Oh. I said to my fiance, look at this. Look they're, they're so hard. They're yeah. not on iTunes. So you have to find physical copies. And I I mean, Hot Fuzz has a good soundtrack as well. I think it's more sort of bands that Edgar Wright, Edgar, Edgar Wright sorry, knows than, you know, Sean the Dead has yeah. Queen and it has Zombie Nation and specials and stuff like that you know people know who they are but um yeah no it's just uh i, I love this soundtrack i've listened to it i don't know how many times i just think it's, it's brilliant or oh, another one which is just brilliant is baby driver oh god yeah so yeah. good they did two soundtracks the reason i was you know reason this goes really bad the reason i love baby driver's soundtracks the second one is because i was a bit narked they didn't have New Orleans or instrumental on the oh, original. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to have to add it in myself. Well, see, Baby Driver is a film that's constructed wholly around soundtrack. Yeah. You know, like, it's almost, I think it is a musical. It is a musical. And just de facto facto musical, isn't it? Um, yeah, the Baby Driver was like, I, I was quite sort of apprehensive going into it because I thought, oh, it's not the Cornetto trilogy anymore, you know. But he's still got it, you know, in terms of construction. 
I went to see that because I went into this one clean without knowing anything about yeah, it. Yeah, because Edgar Wright. Yeah. I said, I want to see because it's Edgar Wright. And I walked out of it. Wow. And it, it, well, it was the music. Yeah, yeah. For it, me, it is, yeah. For me, this is a lot like American Graffiti. Yeah. In the sense, like you said, constructed, you know, the whole film is constructed around music. Yeah. And uh, that's what I, I love it. And I, I, as soon as I found out there's a second soundtrack, they, they were going to do a second soundtrack, I was like, I'm having. The soundtrack. It's, it's almost constructed around the music to the point that if you took that music out and put score in, it wouldn't work. Wouldn't work. You know, it's like the opposite of if you took a score out of Indiana Jones and put the soundtrack in. It, it, it's like certain films just don't react well to the opposite type of um, music style. I'm going to ask you now, what is your favourite soundtrack? Of all time, yeah. We're talking mixtape here. Eh? We're doing mix. Yeah, yeah, we'll do so mixtape because if we're gonna, okay, that's just up, just. So, um, for, what is your actual favorite soundtrack? If you'd pick one right now, are we talking our rules just, for this one? Or? No, just generally, general. um, just, 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 just get uh, out of here because we're probably doing it soon. I don't know. Probably Empire Strikes Back. I'd say it's the, it's the one where I think for me that's the John Williams score to end all John Williams scores. Just it's it's. It's, it's one of the only scores I can listen to where I'm, I am picturing and projecting the entire film onto the back of my eyelids when, if I sleep when I'm listening to it, I can see everything happening, you know, and the other, the other styles, I mean, that's, that's another thing we all say, you know, when we used to select the prequels of, we used to say one great thing about them is the music still, you know, but this is the ultimate soundtrack to me, and we'll get onto that in the, in the soundtrack, the score one, but yeah, definitely. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders, yeah. Oh, John Williams again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mixed tape one. Mixed tape favorite one. Right. Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume one. <laughs> okay. This it, is was this is it, okay. Be, it was going to be Pulp Fiction, but I thought I've never seen a film that encapsulates the mixtape thing literally so well. You know what? I'm not going to even say anything because you kind of stole my answer. Oh, sorry. Well, Still my answer. Yeah, it's five years old now. I was, I was recording, and I don't know anyone that's you know that I speak to about movies that hasn't got a copy or at least oh, heard no, this one. Yeah. It's a character in the movie. Yeah, and let me, and it's just I it, it it it's perfect because it's it's and the whole film was when you watched uh, when you saw the teaser trailers and these was it hooked on a feeling yeah and yeah. it's just a whole which is also it. on Reservoir Dogs yes and it was also recorded the version was recorded by David Hasselhoff who played Nick Fury in a 90s movie yeah and he appears in volume 2 doesn't he briefly yeah Zadu Hassel Frau Zadu Hassel Frau <laughs> hey why am I thinking that it's actually a uh, <laughs> a song written for film yeah I mean come on Guardians of Galaxy it's perfect. Put on a feeling, go all the way. We did not. We did not um, consort about this anyway, as well for listeners. Like this was literally just been picked yeah. out. So it, it's it's a perfect. I mean, I actually went and bought the second one. Yeah. See, I wasn't as keen. It's still good, but I get the sense they were going for more American stuff with volume two, which isn't a problem. But I, you know, I, I one I tell you one song I did like, and it's only one though from Avengers is the Rubber Band Man. You know when yeah. it first introduces them. As soon as it came out, I bought a digital download. It's, of it. I mean, there's bought, a, I said purchased. I did buy. There's it always a song for a Guardian situation. It's just fantastic. Oh, okay. I'll let you have this one for your first. Yeah. Ready, ready, player one. Ready, player one. There's a mixtape. That is that is that is actually ah. Ready, player one is I I love this film because I can actually go into something we were talking about earlier. Ready. I'm. 
uh, listeners, I am actually pulling up the soundtrack. Yes, as as we're doing this, so we can actually. Uh, it is on here. Yeah, I mean, like the way they did it with that is even genius as well, isn't it? You know, it's every eighties thing you've ever. Most of it is eighties, I think. Ah, oh, it's brilliant. Uh, it's, it's... Yeah, a Ready Player One is you know it's uh, the way they actually as well in the score. They actually uh, pull. They actually pull. Uh, you know uh, beats from because uh, the score is Alan Silverstein. Yes. Yeah. And uh, oh, from Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. and I'm like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, even just again, that's another soundtrack you can listen to and remember the scenes that the songs come from, especially at the end when he does the. Is it the. Twisted Sister one, what is it? We're not going to take it. Yes, while he's doing the Say Anything page yeah. on the radio, you know, John Cusack. And, and it's just, it, it, it's literally, yeah, that's it, yeah. But I mean, the only thing, disappointing thing about the, the soundtrack is that it doesn't have, some of the songs are missing from it. Like, um, uh, I Hate Myself for Loving You by Joan Jett and Black Hearts and Faith, George Michael as well is on it, isn't it? I'm going to have to watch this film. I'm sure, that, I'm sure it is. One, but it's still, I mean, it's just the construction of the soundtrack. What annoyed me is they used uh, oh, Tom in, Sawyer, yeah. In the yeah. trailer, and I was like, I really want to hear that. Yeah, it's been the, the whole da 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 da. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I mean, I, I, I can't stand Rush, but that is the one song I do like of theirs, and it suited that film so well. I was so annoyed they didn't use it. Which gets me on to Staying Alive. Mm. And that, when you, when you use it again, it's. Yeah. Ready Player One's one of those films where anything could go because of the situation they're in with the Oasis and you know I'd, like I, I think it's a freeze-frame film isn't it Duh, in terms we've done of visual it. things you know and even with the soundtracks that when they use Blue Monday in the club yeah it, it just works so well you know it's just each one seems to be tailored they must have just took each song and thought right does this work yes does that work not really keep that out you know I, I'd love to hear a soundtrack with the songs that didn't work, yes. that they didn't put in, if there is one, you know. I like how they're in the Oasis, uh, they're listening to New Order. Yeah. But uh, she has a Joy Division. She has a Joy Division. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I was like, Joy I Division. I always New get Order. the order of them mixed up. It's Joy Division comes New Order. Yeah. And I just thought, I, I, I just, I just thought I was. Yeah. It, it, it's. For me, it's one of the best soundtracks in the last ten years. Yeah. Easy. And one of the best movies, actually. Ever. Ready Player One is is brilliant. I I I'm so annoyed I didn't get to see it in cinema. Ready Player One. Yeah, I had to watch it when it came out. Oh, it's, oh I loved it. I, I I it's. I love I love I say it's I love soundtracks. Yeah, so, I mean, I think another one I just saw when you're flicking through there is um, that's perfectly constructed. It doesn't count on this yeah. one because it's not mixed in. Yeah. Is La La Land. La La Land. Yeah, the thing that annoyed me about La La Land, this is just the physical soundtrack, is that it didn't have Take On Me on it. Their version. Yeah, yeah. Really wound me up. I, yeah. Oh. Here's another discussion. Donnie Darko. I was going to come to Donnie, Donnie Darko. Darko Donnie Darko was fucking fantastic soundtrack. And all these are, this is when the internet was in, it's, it's not infancy, before everybody could literally go on the phone and Google it. Yeah. A lot of crap that 
uh, was going around about how they should have used Notorious because it wasn't out at the time it came out in this year. No, okay. Notorious you know, was usable. Donnie was... Darko is, if anything, is a mood piece. Oh. You know, it's one of those films that affects you depending on what mood you're in. So, if if a certain song didn't come out in that year, who cares? You know, it's it's. Watch a film about time travel. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, I I see that I. It's got one of the greatest, you know, in my opinion, this is the scene where you're head over heels and you introduce every character in the film. Oh. What looks like one yeah, take. Yeah, I, it's I, fantastic. I love that song. Between. Where they jump out the back of the bus. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I play when I'm when I'm playing uh, when I'm playing bass. I actually when usually when I'm tuning, I play head over heels. Yeah, I do. That's my tuning song. And I just love it, and it's it's just that to me represents the perfect use of that, music in music. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I think it's a fantastic song, and it's the way that it's used. Yeah, yeah. And he does it again at the end with Mad World. Uh, yeah, which, not the original version. The Gary Jules version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we count it, even though it's not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, it was made. For, it's only a, it's the only song on the soundtrack made for the film. I think, yeah, it, so. but if you listen to that compared to the Tears for Fears version, it, yeah. it's completely different. But the way they use it, it in the film is it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. Also, it, this is one change I like on the director's cuts, where I'm sure it's the director's cut. At the beginning, they have Echo and the Bunnymen instead of Killing someone Moon. else, is it? Is it Blue they, Moon? Killing Moon. Killing Moon, that's it, and yeah. They were, sure. it's never it's, with, no, I think that was the original version. Or is that the original version? And they replaced it with In Excess, I believe. Oh, right. I've watched the director's yeah, cut yeah. once. It's I one of them. Time. Yeah, it explains too much, doesn't it? Uh, but, yeah, and just, and the whole. You know the scene with the girls where they're doing Notorious. It's just I don't. I'm I'm so annoyed that Richard Kelly didn't carry on. Yeah. You know after. I thought you were committed to sparkle motion. Yeah. He should have done more. Yeah. Was it the? There was. You did a film a few years ago. The box. The box. That's it. Yeah. 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 He's he's one of these directors. He made he he part of my life. Really one good film. Yeah. 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 He's one, and he tries. It's yeah, yeah. It, it's a shame that you, you know shame, we yeah. get all your creative stuff out in one yeah. shot. You, I mean, if you watch the the new um or the most recent Blu-ray release by Arrow Video, there's a there's a like a two and a half hour documentary on there. It's fantastic, but you know he he, he talks. Everyone talks about him on there. Like he put everything into that film. You know. And he said one of his main passions on it was the soundtrack. Mm. And he did, again, he did, he wrote it around the soundtrack. And you, when they do it right, it works. And Donnie Darko works 100% of that, I think. In fact, I was going to choose that as my number one, but then I think Guardians just edged it out a little bit. Everybody loves the Guardians. I'm sorry. It's just Guardians. It's just it's such a... I think that I'm going to be controversial and say the 70s edge out the 80s a little bit, music-wise. I love the 80s. I do I'm love sorry. the 80s. Yeah, product yeah. of the 80s. Product of the 80s. Yeah, I think it goes 70s, 80s. 90s didn't exist because the music's so trash. And then you've got the World's End soundtrack, and I know they don't have a soundtrack, but the music that's actually featured in Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah, that is quite a good 90s soundtrack, actually. Which will lead yeah. to your Captain Marvel. They yes. use, when you read the credits, then. Captain um, Marvel, I never yeah. thought of that. They use REM, two REM songs. I had when I saw it the second time. I was very in the background. Yeah, it's yeah. when they brought the uh, crush, the crush, jukebox. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is Crush with oh, Eyeliner. Crush. Oh no, I thought Crush with Eyeliner. Ah, crush with Eyeliner. It's uh, yeah when they used it, and I'm like, I thought I was reading the credits. I was like, yep, Man on the Moon, Nirvana, 
Crush with Eyeliner? Actually, well, Crush with Eyeliner. The Nirvana song is really good, actually. Oh, is it her yeah. Arch? No, it's not Arch. It's Come As You Are. Come As You Are, which yeah. she's chatting to the... Uh, and the Supreme Court. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, that is a good soundtrack. Really good. And then, and the um, the fight scene with um, I Am Just A Girl. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it's... it's which brings me on to another little Marvel thing. You know, as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, yeah. Thor Ragnarok, what do they have in common that's other than, of course, it's Marvel and there's loads of other things about common, what's musically about a common? Oh, uh, do they have. They don't have a Led Zeppelin song, both of them, no. do they? In terms of construction. Add the music again, is it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because Thor Ragnarok's very. seems like a really synthy 80s yeah. construction, doesn't it? Guardians does something with music, and Thor Ragnarok do the same thing, but really in a different context. Same song, yeah, being immigrant song from uh, Thor Ragnarok, and the change yes. yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, they use it a part of the film, like the immigrant song at the start. Yeah, but I didn't expect it was just trailer music. I yeah, I must have I did as well. I want to use it at the start. That's it, and then at the end when he's fighting Surtur again. They use it again. Yeah, yeah. The Guardians did it just before, didn't they? With uh, the chain. The chain, yeah. By when, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Because with the chain, as the bands, bring, as the uh, Guardians are going a separate way, and then at the as end, come back. chain brings yeah, us together. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just thought, it, it's yeah. unusual for them to do that. But using it as a hook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, essentially. I mean, I, yeah, I must admit, I thought Immigrant Song was going to be trailer because I know Led Zeppelin are notoriously unwavering on using music for films in fact i think is this the, is this the first i know they used um pretty certain don't call me on almost famous they used led zeppelin as well oh okay i've never seen that so that, i i remember that more for tiny dancer yeah but see that. cameron crowe's another guy that that sort of is good with his soundtracks but rolling stone magazine didn't he he did yeah yeah and you know even his films do have like a lyrical quality and like you know jerry Maguire is really sort of you know, I, I don't know, it's the word, but they seem to be like situated within a particular cultural point, but not in the time of dating them, you know. I got one for you, and this is going on Cameron Crow. This is this is one of my favourites, and it's one of his most underrated films, uh, Elizabeth Town. Oh, I've not seen that. Elizabeth Town is, that, it's um, uh, Natalie Portman. No, no it's uh, Orlando Bloom oh, and Orlando Bloom, yeah. uh, it's, they use a lot of uh, he uses uh, Tom Petty I mean learning to fly oh yeah, yeah. it's brilliant and I mean it, it, it soundtracks you know this is the sort of soundtrack you listen to when you go in, on long journeys in the car you can literally put the E-Town soundtracks on it, it's absolutely fantastic and it's got a uh, got a great version of uh, Big Love Oh yeah, big love. Let's yeah, big love live. Uh, Lindsay Buckingham version. It is it, is brilliant, and I mean the soundtracks. These these are two soundtracks that are absolutely fantastic. The film really that wasn't that well received, but I love it. It's oh check it out. Yeah, it, it's 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 a good film. Yeah, see because we haven't seen everything. No. Uh, that would be awesome. As but... much as we think we have yeah. sometimes. Um, Although a lot of people think we have. Yeah. That's a lot of people think they have. <laughs> yes, we. When people come, when people come up to you and go, "Oh, well, have you seen this?" And, no, I haven't, but I know all about the film because I've done the research. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah. 
Oh, I got another one for you. I know you haven't seen it, but I just want to shout out. Okay, uh, before I do that, have you ever watched a film and went out and bought The Artist? Yes. Which one it was for? Um, it was... Oh, it was... Um, do you know David Lynch's films? He yeah. uses a lot of Roy Orbison. I really got into Roy Orbison after Blue Velvet, especially when <laughs> Dean Stockwell, you know, he's miming singing in Dreams. I haven't seen that film. I love Roy Orbison after that. I went out and bought the entire Queen back catalog. So I was like, I didn't have to oh, go after Bow Rap. Yeah. But I also, uh, after Buy the Buy the Light, I had Bruce Springsteen's greatest hits, but I went out and discovered more Bruce Springsteen's oh, yeah, Buy the Buy yeah. the Light because I thought it, the film was brilliant. It touched me on so many levels. Yeah. It did. So I was like, you know, I saw the music and I, that's Buy the Buy the Light is another great film which uses, is superb with its use of music. Yeah, because I remember you saying. You went out and sort of binged at all the Queen albums. That's yeah. the up, didn't you? And I, was, I literally, I went, literally, I went to watch Free Hitch and V. I was yeah, like, I remember seeing you night, each night. day and you were like, well, I'm listening to Flash now and I'm listening to Shea Heart Attack, you know. And I was I like, yes, dude. I shouldn't yeah. say this because it's not on the subject right now, but I was, Flash was always, Flash Gordon and Soundtrack was always going to be the last one I bought because it looked like rubbish. Yeah. But I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed but, it, but that's yeah. not first because this is originally recorded for it. So, yeah. We're going to mind going to. I don't. We don't usually use notes. This is a subject so comprehensive. No, I, was, yeah, I mean you could have done four. You could have done hours on this. Yeah, yeah there's so many. I got one. You know, in his Justice League movie, right? Yeah. They, they they do. Uh, what I vaguely remember of it. Yeah, it was a terrible <laughs> film. Let's be honest. Batman and Superman's team. Yeah, Danny Elfman and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so we're calling back to a score. Yeah, calling back to a better yeah, movies. Much better movies, yeah. But in the Spider-Man movies, they still use the '60s Spider-Man theme, don't they? Yeah, that's interesting. Isn't it? Using, and yeah, there's another set of two films that use, but the Ramones and it was Belinda Carlisle, wasn't it? Vacation in, Go um, goes very close. Oh, such a kick know, out of that. They were they they're really great constructed soundtracks as well. I mean. They're not. I don't think they're as extensive as a lot of other soundtracks, but it's the couple, the few songs in it you do remember. It's a, they're really easy to remember. Uh, Ramones, uh, Blitz Street Bop, and yeah. uh, and the, and the Spider-Man theme is yeah. Ramones as well, isn't and it? the Go Go's at the end. They they they. This is the thing is yeah. I'm oh, sorry, it wasn't Belinda Carlisle. Go Go's, Go-Go's, Go-Go's they're yeah. close. Yeah. The thing is, uh, they kick in so perfectly, and it's you know it's not like yeah, it's it's like. A lot of the these studio picks, they could literally just pick, picked out big name artists yeah. and everything. But they don't, they actually use stuff that's is brilliant. It's like the whole Iron Man 2 soundtrack constructed around. It's an ACDC album, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, this is a strange one, but Metallica had a film come out a few years ago called Through the Never. And it's essentially a live concert with a film narrative mixed in. And that was quite an interesting use of, of you know, pre-existing Metallica stuff. But... It, it it doesn't really work and it, it just looks even to like a hardcore Metallica fan like myself you know Metallica my favourite band um, I was thinking market employee <laughs> but well, you know what you've got to get people in these days yeah. at one point you wouldn't have you, some bands where oh, they wouldn't be seen without having their having their name on a soundtrack just to sell records but nowadays yeah. with all the markets going streaming services and everything yeah. illegally downloading I mean it's a way of making money the Beatles didn't the Beatles make films for their albums first before anyone else? You know, Yellow Submarine and Yeah, Hard Day's Night. You know, I mean, 
Please help. Is please help me one, or is that just a second? help? Help, yeah. Help um, on this night, your submarine. Ironically, by Superman alumni Richard Lester, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but um, yeah. What were we? I've just lost the train of thought there. What were we talking about before that? Metallica. Metallica. That's it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It doesn't bother me that it's marketing. You know, they start to make money, don't they? I suppose, but um. It, what it, you it was mean? An interesting experiment, but I mean, the drummer boy has to make money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, get to the Greek reference. <laughs> yeah, fair play. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, you. Look at uh, yesterday. A whole song based around Beatles music. Fantastic idea, though, isn't it? Oh, that's... An, that's a weird sort of original use of old music, isn't it? Yeah. You know, having the lead singer sing them, uh, lead, the lead actor singing them all. I mean, I assume he sang for you real. He did. Yeah, so. Patel. The soundtrack is like Henry Patel. Yeah, so I, that that was a that was a great sort of nice twist on the Borat thing, you know, because I think when Borat came out, we sort of all got obsessed with musical biopics again, yeah. didn't we? And um, yesterday was a really good twist on that. So I loved it. It's, it's it's hit home, really, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm kind of I, I I like Richard Curtis. I'm biased. Yeah, Richard Curtis is good. Which leads me on to the Boat That Rock. Oh, I've never seen that. Actually. Oh, Boat That Rock, basically Radio Caroline. It's about this rock yes, radio. Yeah. But which is very very if you read behind between the lines, it is uh, it is Radio Caroline. You know the pirate stations we had in the UK. It's it's brilliant. I mean, when that came out, I, I literally the soundtrack. It's all sixties music. Well, except yeah. for a few because that's the time period. And it gets you into it. It's, it's again. This is a great sort of thing to listen to. Listen to just in the car, chilling out, and everything. It's just, yeah. Ah, I, I got it. The, 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 that suits the time. The see, you can't yeah, really yeah. have modern day music in. No, no, in. that's right. I mean, it does work sometimes in some films, but um, no, I think things that are specifically set in a time, they they should adhere to the music of the time or before the time. But there's there is a. You know, going back to, I was saying about David Lynch earlier with Roy Orbison, Blue Velvet's got a really good sort of, it's a weird, it makes you sort of think of the songs that are in it as sinister after you've seen the film, you know, because they have, Blue Velvet is, is the main song, you know, at the start, but because of the subject matter of the film, you start to think, man, I, hate, I can't listen to that. It's like the way they use Singing in the Rain and Clockwork Orange during the rape scene. You can't not associate that song with that scene anymore after you hear it. Which actually brings me on to something else that I was thinking. Old, as we're going on about uh, pre-existing music, what's the one thing you think of when you, you know, uh, how, uh, when the song starts out with meaning one thing for years, yeah, yeah. then it suddenly, it changes and it becomes attached and ingrained in the film. Yeah. I'm thinking, Guardians of the Galaxy, I Want You Back, Jackson yeah. 5. That's, 70s song if I'm right yeah I think so and now when you hear that you all you think not. of is yeah, yeah. Dancing Baby Groot the other day in the paid job uh, they, they had Steeler's Wheels stuck in the middle of his view oh yeah and there's yeah. me doing the there's me when no one was looking Mr. doing Blonde the Dance. Mr. Blonde Dance yeah yeah and how everything that's gone before it is now it's like attached to the yeah, yeah. scene yeah it's like the, like, like I said about the Kill Bill music when yeah. they're walking through the house of blue leaves you know that that song can be put on any slow motion cool walking sequence in any film and make it sound yeah. epic you know it's and, and and going back to singing in the rain you know that's a song that's forever changed because of the scene it's in 
I think Gene Kelly even sued Simon Kubrick because people, you know, started sending death idiots started sending death threats because they were saying like, "Oh, this song's about rape and this and that and the other," you know, like. And when a song becomes that ingrained into a scene or a popular culture artifact like that, I think that's when you think this guy's good at picking songs, you know. And I, I even the way Clockwork Orange uses Beethoven, you know as a weapon against Alex at the end, against violence. When he hears it, he feels sick. You know, that's brave, doing that to classical music's arguably greatest composer. And it's the sort of ballsy thing Kubrick would do. I don't have to watch Clockwork Orange now. Yeah, I've never seen it. I've actually, you know, this is the thing is, it's, because this is a sort of talk about a subject, you know, uh, we do these, but we are a different look. We are a different generation, and uh, our influences are different. So there's loads of films that I've seen, and you haven't, and vice versa. Yeah, so it, this is what I'm I love. Jealous about. that you've seen in cinema before me. <laughs> you, you, you call me old now. No, I'm not. I don't <laughs> like it. Yeah, that, it, this is what I like. Is that, you know, uh, we're doing these, we're here doing this podcast, and we have a different, uh, you know. Uh, we have different outlines about backgrounds. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, we're both educated in this. Uh, we're both literally university educated in the subject. But I think I, what I love about doing this podcast is that we take these and we uh, run with them. Yeah, and that's, that's what I, th- I think is absolutely. Well, there's your homework. Watch Clockwork Orange. <laughs> you know, what? I actually did the other day. I actually watched something so that it wouldn't actually be homework, and that's crazy. And I felt guilty for not actually watching documentaries and stuff when I was supposed to be uh, Trouble Man. I wrote Trouble Man down here. Oh, Marvin right. Gaye, from the end of Winter Soldier. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a um, that whole scene when he's telling Cap about the things he needs to watch and listen to. Yeah. Yes, I love that scene. You know, when he's got Star Wars and Star Trek written down, and I'm sure there's some people with a question mark as well. Yeah. I actually went out and bought Marvin Gaye's greatest hits. Just yeah, so Mar- like a trouble man. Marvin Gaye's a man. He's when brilliant. it comes to love making, yeah. <laughs> he's good. He is actually he is yelling, I'm like actually because that's not really this. There's another scene as well. Yeah, I, I know you're not fond of it, but I do like the first Austin Powers movie where they use "Let's Get It On" um, with Frau Farbissima and Doctor Evil. And that's a scene that's always ingrained in my head now with the volcano erupting. And... I haven't seen that film in years, and that's why I want to keep it. I'm sorry. Oh, I, that's so good, man. Right. Wayne's World's good. Shut. Yeah, see, I don't like Wayne. See, Wayne's World's one terrible. of those ones that's constructed. But I mean, I suppose that's single-handedly responsible for bringing Bohemian Rhapsody back. Yeah, that is. That's the one when people think Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, like a hurl, hurl yeah. into bits. Yeah, and then they even went one further and used Mike Myers in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes, the film. I, that's got to have been a reference. Oh, um, that was that was brilliant. That was yeah. no one is gonna play Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. I love Mike Myers. I think he's such a great like bit part actor. Yes. He's better at doing bit parts than he is holding the whole film together, which is quite a sad thing to say. But you know, like his scenes in Inglorious Bastards, and yeah. you know, he does really little spurts of scenes really well I think but in Bohemian Rhapsody it's just freaking it's great I mean it's is it Ray I can't remember I don't think he's a real guy but no he must be a composite or something yeah because there must have been people that told them Bohemian Rhapsody was yeah. shite <laughs> yeah, but a lot of you know, it's an eight hour it was a six minute song six minute yeah so yeah, yeah. 
Nobody's gonna play Bohemian. Yeah. Ah, it was, but yeah, I know it's Mike Myers' career was killed by Love Guru, but uh, yeah, I actually I watched that like a couple of years ago. It wasn't as bad as people say. Uh, I got an interesting one for you. Man on the Moon, which was a song by R.E.M. It's the Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, yeah. yeah. And uh, it ended up, they ended up, uh, Milos Forman took the, took the name and the song yeah. and turned it into the, the uh, biopic Man on the Moon. Now, I'm not going to go into the song The Great Beyond because The Great Beyond was actually written before the film Man on the Moon, but the actual, I thought it was kind of cool that they actually made named the film after an R.E.M. song that was that name checked Andy yeah, Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that film since it first came out, I don't think. But 1990, 2000 in this country, you, in America. I think I do remember this soundtrack was pretty good. It's a, okay, uh, this is bias. It's a brilliant soundtrack. It's actually, I is like this it. because R.E.M. your favourite band, Steve? Yeah, yeah, it's that. And it's actually, I like, there's a song on it, a uh, theme from Taxi. I like yeah. the theme from Taxi. I thought that was oh, yeah, yeah, that does work really well, actually. Yeah, and uh, it's got stuff on, it's actually got stuff on the actual soundtrack that's you of uh, some REM stuff you can't get anywhere else. So that's why I like the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that at the end of the film, when you've got uh, who you assume is Bob Zamuda playing Tony Clifton, and uh, you see Andy in the audience, and, like that, and it just cuts into the song, the, the the bars of Man on the Moon. It's just brilliant, and the way they use the song in the film, I I think is it's it's fantastic. But I'm gonna say I'm 100% biased on this one. So yeah. I admitted it. That's fair enough, because uh, my own bias extends to the fact that I only liked Zombieland for a while because it had For Whom the Bell Tolls at the beginning. Mm. <laughs> and we've got Zombieland 2 coming out soon. Yes, we have, yeah. I, I, as far as I remember, I think that had quite a big soundtrack, didn't it? Zombieland. Did that not have a few? I actually can't remember. I haven't yeah, seen I can't it remember in years. But, uh, you know, this is... This is the you know of all the ones of the podcast we've done. This is actually finding this the hardest to do because there's so many movies that we trying, like. They've got so yeah, much music. And this is trying this not is, to sound like we're just sort of skimming the surface of yeah. every single soundtrack they've written. It's like I think like we're trying to also get into the fact you know why they work. Yeah, and it is the way they're constructed, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, you know if the direct if the director or the, the composer is working with it as well. If they're incorporated into the into the film itself, they're not just plonked in. It really does work. You mean like uh, Fortunate Son in every Vietnam movie, yes. Paint It Black in every Vietnam movie, yeah, and movie. All Along the Watchtower yeah. and Sympathy for the Devil. Gotta have them in every Vietnam movie. It's the reason I can't listen to Jimi Hendrix and all of the Winstons. What about Credence? Credence are good, yeah. Credence. I tell you what, that was one good thing about Die Hard 4, the use of that song. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Bruce Willis basically telling Justin Long to piss off. Yeah. The old songs are better. Uh, I, I suspect somewhat a dig at saying the old Die Hards are better. But yeah, they are right better. anyway. First three Die Hards are perfect, yeah. And, uh, and Credence. Credence in the Big Lebowski, which oh, actually yeah, the that's got a soundtrack. Like, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, just stepped in to see what condition my condition stepped in. Yeah, and I love the Big Lebowski. I'm sorry, but when you list, uh, just uh, dropped in to see what condition my condition was. Who's that again? Ah, that's all. Like, this is when you you break through a. I actually can't see from me. Maybe IMDb knows. Yeah, this is the problem with the program I'm actually running this through. It actually comes out a load of rubbish, but not what I want. 
There is, I tell you what, there is a fantastic... It's not Kenny Rogers, is it? Uh, it may very well be... Uh, hang on, let me just check. The Man in Me is, as well. The Man in Me is Bob Dylan. No, that's brilliant. Uh, it was... Yeah, Kenny Rogers is yeah. right, yeah. And the Spanish version of Hotel California. Cause yes, yeah. Not the, not, not the Eagles, not man. Not the fucking Eagles, man. You know, Any time I see an Eagles... CD or something anywhere when Eagles come on, I would go, not the fucking Eagles, yeah, man. I love Eagles, actually, but it's just funny that when he, you know, I was associated with the big Lebowski, man. Yeah, and every, it, I was really pissed off the Eagles, the fact that yeah, they actually, yeah. but I mean, they must have got paid for it because they get referenced, don't they? Actually, bought Eagles Greatest Hits, wasn't it, Chris? Oh. It's on the back of, back of a big Lebowski. Oh, man, Eagles are great. I, you know, uh, that's the, the thing with, if you've got a good soundtrack into you, it actually, you do go out, we've already said, but the thing is, do we buy soundtracks because we want to relive the film, or is it because we like the music? Yeah, I, that's an interesting point I was actually going to raise next, was that, yeah, like, are you watching the film because the film's good, or, yeah, and it's, it's I don't know, I think it's a bit of both, you know, that's, that sounds like a sit-on-the-fence answer, if I've heard one, but what I mean is, say... I was to watch Ready Player One again. That is a that's a perfect balance between great filmmaking and great soundtrack, and that's that's the difference. I think when you are watching a film and you're thinking, "Well, I just like the music," you may as well just listen to it, yeah. you know. Or if you're saying, "I like this film, but the music's not great," it's that weird. It has a this. I don't know. Yeah, it's disparaging when 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 one doesn't mix up with the other. I suppose, isn't it? If you truly loved the film and the soundtrack was terrible, would you when you did you, you really loved the film? Would you still go out and buy the soundtrack to try and get into it? No. No, I wouldn't. If I, uh, you know, they I, have to work inordinately together. Actually, I will spin that round and say I probably would buy a good soundtrack if the film was crap. So it's weird. I, I I feel like a bit of a hypocrite in that, but no, it. it it seems like everything hinges on the film, which is unfair. But if I visually represent the soundtrack with the crap film, it sort of brings the soundtrack down for me a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just... It's strange. I think it's going to be down to personal taste, what people think about soundtracks and their film cooperation. I actually, when I saw, you know, uh, the music in... The music in uh, wasn't my time in Hollywood when I was watching it. I yeah. was more focusing on, especially the first time, the thinking the ending, thinking I knew the ending of the film. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to go into spoiler territory on this one, but you I thought I knew the, other ones. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I thought the ending was going to be so I was more concentrated on that rather than yeah. the music. The music, music was background, mm. but I loved the film so much that even after you know after the second viewing, which I loved it even more, I. Thought that I've got to have the soundtrack to this because I really reminded me of the film. It's so well constructed, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Then when I listened to the soundtrack from start to finish, I did it in one shot, and you know that's the same with a soundtrack like that. You have to try and do it in one sh sitting, and it's wow. The soundtrack for me now represents is a separate entity to yeah. the film, and it, it's just perfect. That's why I love the fact that, that they don't have dialogue in it. It's just the adverts. And I see that now as a perfect soundtrack, uh, as a perfect uh, compilation album. Yeah. Separate now from the movie. 
And you know, but you do. There are certain songs in the film oh, yeah, brings yeah. you in back into the movie, which in the movie itself, with you know, there's a lot of cars and stuff in the film. Yeah, yeah. And it's brilliant, especially with Brad Pitt. Yeah, I mean, I wanted more driving sequences. Yeah, you know, oh. so we could hear the music more. Which, which again goes to, to how great Quentin Tarantino is when you can yeah. actually have a whole extended sequence of them just driving around in, in a, a car, car. Yeah. and listening to music. Anyone else that would be mega boring. Yeah, you know, imagine Star Wars that they're all driving around in speeders just listening to radio. Did <laughs> we do that sort of with uh, John Williams's score and uh, with uh, the pod race? Wasn't that one for like two hours? That yeah, bloody pod there's race. also a scene in Solo where when he signs up to be uh, to be in the Empire, the Empire like, and this is on Rebels as well. They t- they take it down a tone and a, a key, so you can't hear it as well. But the Empire's official theme is the Imperial March yeah. in the Star Wars universe as well. Oh. That's their recruiting theme. But they take it down yeah. the key down a, t- um, a notch, so you don't notice it so much. But it's the Imperial oh. March, and it's there's there's an oh, that's going to be on scores. But there's another one that's synonymous with an entire cultural franchise. Like, what do you think of when you think of the Imperial March? You think of Darth Vader. Yeah. You think of bad guys. Yeah. I mean, there's there's the perfection of soundtracks. If only they could use it in other films. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. Yeah. And funny enough, you mentioned um, Once Upon a Time in, uh, not Mexico, sorry, America. That's a good soundtrack as well. Oh, yes. Um, when when they use uh, Mrs. Robinson by Simon and Garfunkel, yeah. that's, I think that's quite a, that's quite a well-used theme in Graduate. Films, isn't it? Yeah, and it's American really Pie, whenever yeah. Stifler's mum pops up. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that, that, that's, that's quite a good sort of all-rounder theme that you can use in a lot of films. I got another one for you. Well, it's uh, from Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood. Hush, which is oh, Bad Times at El Royale as well. And I actually, you know, I that's um, come on in our work quite a few times recently. I must admit, what? Hush, Hush. Yeah, oh. yeah. And I've been thinking that's weird. Like, I, I can't. It's a good song. It is a good song. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was Deep Purple for years. And then, um, but that was the one you showed me. That's that sounds older on the soundtrack. It's yeah. the original sort of, it must be Tarantino's original yeah. LP or something. I, it was the first time I actually heard that the uh, soundtrack, it was very weird because they've got the, uh, I've got all deep, the deep It doesn't voices. sound remastered. Yeah. No. And, but when you actually, like I said, if you actually listen into the soundtrack as background, like I was, you know, like, it worked perfectly. The yeah. whole thing works. I'd love to try it driving. Actually physically driving. We'll have to do that one day. Yeah, it must be. I mean, but how many soundtracks can you actually do that with? Reservoir Dogs. Elizabeth Town. Yeah. For me. Funnily enough, some of the... Bohemian Rhapsody, I've done that. Yeah, some scores are at work driving as well, but not... It's a soundtracky thing, isn't it, driving? Yeah, you try to... Yeah, the thing is, you got, it, the problem with doing those is, is who else is in the car with you. Yes. Because yeah. it's sort of like... scores, you fucked, don't you? Yeah, with the... You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not listening. We're not going to do Star Wars in its entirety. Yeah, not again. Oh, whatever. Just, yeah. a, just a throne room, please. If you ever want to get away, try and get away with things for so far. Uh, you, what you do is organize the rule. Whoever drives chooses the music. Yeah. And unless your partner actually goes, we're still not listening to it. Well, to quote Supernatural, um, driver picks driver picks the songs. Shotgun shuts his cake off. Yes, and that's... incidentally, in TV, Supernatural is a great physical user of, of existing soundtracks because one of the main the brothers in it, Dean, he's a massive classic rock fan, 
and all their fake FBI aliases are famous rock band aliases. Nice. And the soundtrack, if they did a soundtrack for Supernatural, yeah. it's everything you've ever heard from the 70s and the 80s. It's great. I wonder if they get away with it because of copyright. Because copyright well, film interestingly, is when it came on Netflix, uh, they had to replace some of the songs because they couldn't afford ACDC or, or you know, Thin Lizzy. But then if you get them on Blu-ray or they're on Amazon Prime now, they're actually restored to their oh. original soundtrack. But... Um, yeah, no, it, it, I also, I wanted to go back as well to Roy Orbison in David Lynch, because he's another artist that's been in quite a few things that you don't realise. Pretty you know. yeah, pr- yeah, exactly. And also, Star Trek First Contact, a song called Ubi Doobie. Ah. You know, it's like Zeph and Cochran's unofficial yeah. theme. And it's, you know, and Star Trek actually, even the reboots, they use the Beastie Boys quite well oh that's brilliant in the first one when it's yeah well it's in it's in the third one as well isn't it when they um when they come back at the end on the old ship and like it 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 feels like it shouldn't work but it does and it it, it's quite um yeah it's a strange sort of like i i I, when i heard that on i thought definitely trailer song it's not gonna be in the film and it was and i thought oh right okay that kind of works brings us on to another thing that i you know, all the how uh, using all the music yeah. in science fiction. Yes, got one for you. Robocop three. All oh, right, okay. You know the bit when Robocop's gonna be like, he's so strange. Dum, dum, da, 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 dum, oh yeah, go goes. Yeah. And I'm thinking, why is it in the future everybody <laughs> looks like punks and looks like the uh, something from the early eighties? Yeah, I know. like is is that how things go in the I future? In the eighties, that was the future, you know. But this was, Robocop was uh, Robocop. early nineties, yeah, so we all still look like punks from the eighties. Yeah, it's such a shit movie, but it was a terrible movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned earlier Spinner's Rubber Man, Rubber Band Man, yeah? Yes, that was Infinity War. It was Infinity yeah. War. And you know what I loved about it is because you actually hear the music kick in before you, before see, you them. see them. Yeah. And because it's literally uh, Bruce is going to make a phone call and you got the opening bars kicking in and it just says space on the screen. And you yeah. see, but as soon as you hear the opening, the, the bars, you know what's coming next. Yeah. So we're now, we're ingrained that the characters, especially Star Lord, Music is so important to Star Lord's existence yeah. that as soon as you hear something that's a little bit poppy, you know they're coming. that's coming. Yeah. And when you got them all singing and Drax asleep, you just know you you, you came out with this big the Avengers are losing, yeah, and yeah. then you've got it's the Guardians. Yeah, and it's always Rocket wow. saying something like, Do we have to listen to this again? Yeah. Like, you know, like you get the impression that Peter's constantly got songs on repeat, don't you? Yeah. Oh, and the best, I'll go on for The uh, Mr. Blue Sky. Guardians yes. of the Galaxy Vol. 2. That's the greatest opening sequence of all time, I think. It's one of the best uses of things going on in the background with the foreground yeah. that you're constantly going, you need two viewings yes. to see what's going on. And it's so well done. And Marvel, when they do opening sequences, Marvel is so good at it, especially the MCU sequences. Because um, not all of them have opening sequences, they all, or they just have the title. But with with Guardians, it's just... Everything about Guardians is just geared at being awesome. Yeah. And that opening sequence is absolutely fantastic. I went into I went into Volume 2 not knowing this. I actually bought the It's film came out uh, middle of the week or end of the week. Soundtrack came out at the start of the week. So, luckily, my fiance was there when I was buying it, so she had to buy the soundtrack for me. 
and put it so that I couldn't see the soundtrack because I didn't want to know what was in the song because what was on the album film. Yeah. So I wanted the song the because uh, to me the music was another character in the film. Yeah. And is, I yeah. wanted to because I knew uh, I I knew a few songs with it because you just can't avoid it with the internet. But the majority of the songs I didn't know, so it was a nice surprise when you yeah. see them being slotted I think in. The chain was on the trailer, wasn't it? Yeah. As well, was it? Vox on the run was. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, sorry. But the chain when they the they when the chain kicked in. Yeah, it's fine. It's it's like you say. It's one of those uses where you that's all you can associate that song with now. Oh yes. Let's have. Mr. Blue Sky Fox on the run, late you're driving the chain, bringing home to me something nice. Me, oh, my sweet lord, George Harrison. I thought that was brilliant. Using that one, Brandy, come a little bit closer. Surrender, father and son. Now that's been used in multiple things. Yeah, Cat that Stevens. definitely has. Yeah. Flashlight, Guardians Inferno, which we won't go into because it's an original one done for the but father and son. Anytime there's a get together of, uh, and they use that to perfect effect as well. And both rocked. So. Again, when I but now you think of it, you think of the ending of that. But I still also think of the boat that rocked. Or, yeah. So pirate radio is known in the states. I hate when they do that. When they have different. Sorry, tangent. But yeah. when they have different fucking titles in different territories, it does my a man boobs in when they do that. I hate it. I still don't know if it's Zootopia or Zootropolis. I, it's and like Avengers Assemble and Avengers. Like, is it because they think we might not know the difference between that and the old series, The Avengers? Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, have a bit of faith in people. You know? That's the logic, but you can use the word Rambo multiple times for the same name. How many yeah, times has Halloween came out as a title for a film? <laughs> well, there's, there's two installments called Halloween in it yeah. now as well. Like, so. You went Rambo. You went First Blood, Rambo, First Blood Part Two, Rambo. Rambo. Three. Three. Then Rambo. Rambo. Or John Rambo in America. Yeah, then Rambo again. Rambo Last Blood. Yeah. I know. So make we, up your mind. They nearly did it with Rocky. You got yeah. Rocky, Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, Rocky 5, Rocky Babo. Yeah. <laughs> because then she did the two Creed films. I think that's a podcast in itself. Dumb yeah. sequel naming yes. inventions. <laughs> Batman and Robin. Dumb name, dumb film. Yeah. Sorry. That's it. I've said my piece. Anyway, yeah, sorry. That's my one for the... But then, yeah, we, if you're on Batman, we're going to have to be using... If we talk about the Batman films, we, we, and a, a dated 80s soundtrack, which actually was written for it by Prince. Yeah. So we'll use well, that for another there's one. soundtrack and a score, isn't there? For Batman. Yeah, Danny Elfman and Prince. But they were actually written specifically. Yeah, so... So we can't cover on this one. Can. No, even though they are good. It is a good film, but the soundtrack does date it. Yeah, it's not good Queen. Uh, Queen. It's not good Prince, is it? No, I think because I think it's somewhat unfair that people describe Prince as like a poor man's Michael Jackson. I think Prince had some really good stuff. Yeah, plus he didn't die under a cloud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. May you rest in peace. Another one that went too soon, but yeah. So it's. I'm just looking through your Blu-ray collection. I was. I'm looking through it. See if I can see anything. Control. We could literally go through Absolutely, yeah. control, but uh, then again, that was always going to be George Fisher. Considering you, I know you don't like it, but Paul, that's got a pretty good soundtrack. Paul, yeah, yeah. I like I like Paul. Oh, I, I thought just... you didn't like. Oh, is it someone else? I don't. Oh, I like Sorry. Paul. I can't remember the soundtrack. No, I know they've got um, that song at the end is quite famous, isn't it? I can't remember what it's called now, but um, yeah, no. Just... So I'd like to be. So Paul is on my. A list of films to Has watch. Has got a good soundtrack, or is there not? Where is my mind at the end? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that kicks in. 
That's yeah, that's kind of cheating. That's just one song on it. Well, it's all on the soundtrack. Hey, no, yeah, yeah. I, I actually bought the pixies yeah. for that song. So this goes to show oh, you, you, Watchmen. Yeah, Watchmen has a fantastic oh, soundtrack. Oh yes, really good. Nice. Especially like that's another great opening sequence. You know, with every, where you see the Kennedy assassination yeah. and it's Bob Dylan, isn't it? The times they are changing. Yeah, yeah by Bob Dylan. You know what? People can say what they want. If if you give Zack Snyder a range to do what he wants, what he should be doing, then he will make a fantastic. Oh, movie. Zack Snyder's. I I love Zack Snyder for the the stylistic work that he does, but the man can't write scenes. He can only write moments, and I think the films where the moments count, like Three Hundred, they're stylistic. You know, I don't like Sucker Punch, but it works. That sort of style works in that. It's when he moves on to things like Man of Steel, where you have to, you can't hold Superman in a moment. You have to give him room to breathe. I think, that it, to me, Man of Steel, it, for Zack Snyder, was a lot like Planet of the Apes is for Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. It's them trying to do a studio film, but falling on their asses because... All they know is their own stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you look, I wrestled uh, Sucker Punch at the same time Zack Snyder was announced for Man of Steel. And I came out with Sucker Punch going, wow. Stylistically, this is going to be a great film. Yeah, it's not a great film, film, but it is. I will give it that that it is singular and it's. Yeah. It looks. You didn't you know it's a Zack Snyder film? But well, save the some yeah. of the directors that sold out because of studio. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not sold out, but they, they followed. Yeah, they yeah. followed studio conventions because that's all they could do with this. With the twenty-four uh, hour party people, another one that's got a very heavy Mancunian soundtrack. Oh right, okay, yeah. I like that one. I do. It's kind of funny when you look at a film collection and yeah, you're looking for soundtracks. Them, you? Yeah. you know, Nice Guys has a good 70s soundtrack. Yeah, Nice Guys is great, yeah. But you, you always find that, you know, when you look at, you know, you'll find it when you look at your film collection, you always find that you seem to have a lot of certain genre. Or... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there's a few, there's only a few rom-coms that I, that I like the soundtracks to. Like Bridget Jones' Diary is one of them. Because I'm a soul guy, so I like all the old. Yeah, Love Actually has a great soundtrack as well. But again, I think it's stuff that was created at the time, so it doesn't count. I, like, I mean, for me, I, I, I mean, as you tell us, you know, these podcasts, when we, we reference, you know, I've got, uh, uh, you know, you got Marvel films, I watch a lot of Marvel films, I do, and, but it's... Don't we all? Yeah, <laughs> see, that's that's the way, the way it is. It's, it's not enough hours and days to go for your entire collection, that's the biggest no. problem. But, you know, it's... Yeah, I think we're gonna do definitely soon. We'll do a one on Quentin Tarantino alone, and I think we're gonna we'll be discussing Edgar Wright. Yeah, I mean, well, we're gonna carry on our series on Tarantino yeah. at some point as well. So yeah, we have to. We will be doing that, but you know, I think you know when, when you use a good soundtrack, it grounds it in reality. Yeah, because and, you know, and it it sort of grounds it in a moment in the in a good way. Yeah, not in a dated way. You know, like it, it's a moment where you say. God, I remember this song because it was from so and so. Not, oh God, that song reminds me of the eighties. Like, in, yeah. you know, it it it's it grounds you in a, in a way a film should. It grounds you to the. I, I think more the the atmosphere that it's made in rather than the time. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I I actually for me when I was watching, uh, when I was watching Blinded by the Light and they they set in eighty seven, and they 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 use it's not on the soundtrack but there's a level forty two song that. And uh, you know, uh, Pet Shop Boys, and as well as mixed in with all the uh, 
Oh, Bruce Springsteen's the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> no, I, I am not. I, I'm not yeah. a fan myself. I, and uh, you know, it, it's it. I I was I. It's set in Luton, and I was in Luton in ninety in nineties. Uh, Sun always shines on TV. Ah, you know, I I was in Luton in the nineties. But it, to be but the fact that it's you know it sets the tone for eighty seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Captain Marvel again with the nineties. I remember where I was in ninety five, especially with the Stanley Moore Rats reference. Yeah, yeah. And I actually it's because I grew I I. I was at a different phase of my life when I was in the 90s and it's actually just you know hearing that music and it take it actually it took me back to, to the summertime in 95 90, 96 I'd say yeah 95 96 uh, when I was uh, starting university I started uni in September October 95 so uh, so from 95 to 96 it, it, for some reason it reminds me of, of that period yeah yeah uh, and you know, you get a kind of like warm feeling, nostalgic yeah, that's, feeling. That's what I, that's what I was meaning earlier about it. it grounds it to the time, but not yeah. dated. Yeah, it, it, it it's brilliant. It kind of makes you. It's like a good smell. Yeah, you know, a good smell would remind you where yeah. you've been. It's, and that, and that, that's the thing. I, mean, I, I, you know, of all these stuff, the songs that you know, cause I, I created my own little version of the event of the Captain Marvel soundtrack. And out of all that lot, I had Elastica at the time. Last, you know, because I thought they. They were Elastica were a good band, and of course I've REM and you 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 had that but MTV was was really MTV. Yeah, you'd hear no doubt. You'd hear Nirvana. You literally you had to be with some butthead. So it was huge for you, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and it was, now it's just a reality TV channel. I miss <laughs> I miss that that thing. You don't that appreciate area, yeah. it at the time, but you know it's it, yeah I yeah I agree totally. I I mean. One interesting aspect of soundtracks is how horror films use them, you know, mixtape style soundtracks. Because yeah. I mean, like we're talking about synonymous songs. Well, Mr. Sandman's synonymous with Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know that I can't remember who it was that sang it, but it. Whenever you hear that song, I always think of Michael Myers now. You know, I think of Mr. Sandman. What? <laughs> is this it? No, this goes. To, no, no, that's not my. Th- oh. Do you want to say Backstreet Boys? Oh, came Back out. to the Future, yeah, of course, yeah. It's yeah. Sandman, which you just got it as you typed it. Is it on here? It is in the film. I yeah, don't know. It, it may not be on the soundtrack. It's not But, I mean, yeah, you want to talk about soundtracks. There's a perfect, you know, Johnny B. Good. Yes. And it was Power of Love for the film. Power of Love okay, was for so the film. Um, but Ghostbusters, I found out the other day, whipped off. But they uh, ripped off a Huey Lewis in the news song. All right. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Huey Lewis in the news, American Psycho. I heard about that. Even one. though it doesn't have the soundtrack relating to those songs, it, it does play them, but it's more like Patrick Bateman's description of, of you know, he gives a massive critical examination of it's hit to be square. Yeah. Before he bashes someone's head in with an axe, it's Ooh. such a funny scene that I, I don't know why it shouldn't be funny because it's quite horrible, but it's just it's hilarious. And if you read the novel as well, there's the whole chapters are dedicated to his critical analysis of Bill Collins, or yes. and it's it's such a weird thing. Like, but they that, that uses the soundtrack really well actually. And I'm really not a fan of Christian Bale, but he is very good in that. And Batman, yeah, was broke cancer by the sounds of it. It's an interesting thing for you, like, that's the future. 
which was set, it came out in eighty five. Yeah. Now, Back to the Future nineteen eighty five. We are over thirty years later. Yeah. Kind of and the music that you know you like to uh Earth Angel and Johnny Be Good and everything like that, which was big then. Yeah. And now it's kind of like retro the whole thing with yeah, it is how the eighties music like on the soundtrack itself, which we're looking at right now, Power of Love and uh Back in Time to Hugh Lewis and the new songs. Yeah. How those and even if you want to go uh, ZZ Top and Back to the Future Part Three, which is thirty next year. Oh it is, yeah. 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 And so you got those Literally, it's like another step. Like we've, yeah, yeah. Ready Player One. Exactly, that's what I was about to say. Ready Player One uses the eighties as the yeah. nostalgia. It's the same as um in the new in the remake of you know the new It films. Yeah. In the novel, the flashbacks are set in the fifties and the book set in the eighties when it was written. But in the film, the flashbacks are set in the eighties and the now is now. Ah. So the soundtrack is the eighties now in this one because and it works a lot better yeah. having it just be the 80s because the 80s are now like for us what the 50s were to people in the 80s I suppose yeah. aren't they it's 30 years ago now. Yes. it's coming up for 40 1980 isn't it so I've always found it fascinating that how uh, we wouldn't listen to sort of music as a rule yeah especially when we're younger that our parents wouldn't listen to no but now it's kind of became the norm that in society now the way things gone and how I suppose it's because music's not as good as it used to be I hate to say this and I don't want to sound like an old no, guy, it really isn't. but it's sort of like it's unheard of that we'd watch the same films that the kids these yeah, yeah, yeah kids these days watch yeah. the same films as the parents. You go to conventions and you see it, yeah, and it you see three generations going to Green Day gigs, yeah, and and I, it's I quite fascinating. Well, I, I, I go to a lot of metal festivals and they're always cross generational. There's people with their kids on their shoulders and you know and it, it's just it's the same. Like, I think the first sort of films to do that were Star Wars, aren't yeah. they, really? I mean, to, to bring cross-generational people in. I mean, now Harry Potter's done it as well. But it's just music does that even more because it, I think because it resonates with people at different times in their life. They can sort of go back and say, I remember this is when I was doing this. or And then when you hear a song now, 20 years from now, you'll be saying... I remember when I was doing, unless you're dead, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's it, it's that sort of it, it gets passed down, you know. And and yeah. it's it's definitely right that you say like the generations don't like you know understand. That's a famous observation, isn't it? That yeah. the previous generation doesn't understand the next generation or other way around as well. But now because of music and films, yeah, uh, and especially with the, the MCU, yeah, ACDC, uh, Led Zeppelin. I yeah. know Black Sabbath, uh, I am Iron Man. Come on, they even ended yeah, Iron Man yeah. with the, the core I am Iron Man. Yeah. I mean, with, with, with those, it's literally, you're taking these classic rock. And Guardians and as well. Guardians. Like stuff. Yeah. And you're literally, you're just taking them now, yeah. and kids are listening to Led Zeppelin. Yeah. I, mean, I, it, I, don't, I hate Led Zeppelin, but when I heard Immigrant Song, it's probably one of the only songs I do like. And when I heard it in Thor Ragnarok, I just thought, I need to go out and buy this song now. <laughs> and it's just... You yeah. had the power to do that. Led Zepp 3 is my favourite Led Zeppelin album. I've just never... I've always thought they were quite overrated. I love Led Zeppelin. So... It's the same with the... Uh, controversially, it's the same with the Beatles. I can't stand the Beatles, but... If you were to play me their greatest hits, I would know every single song. It's that sort of... Can I just say that's Callum talking, yeah. not Stevie? I'll take the rap for that. So, yeah... 
No, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin Free Immigrant Song. I, I, I love that song and I, I have for years. It's, it is to do with Norse imagery anyway, isn't it? Yeah, and you got Ramble On, which features a lot of it about uh, hobbits. Yeah. I think everything was talking about hobbits in the 60s and 70s. Oh, oh you got, oh, you got this one. Oh, you got this one. Stairway to Heaven. Stairway to Heaven, yeah. The one that they couldn't play in Wayne's World. But the thing is, you know, even for those in Wayne's World, it was 90s. And, yeah. Uh, early 90s. Yeah, I think it was early, wasn't it? Yeah. How Wayne's World's got a lot to answer for. Like we were saying earlier about Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because that brought Queen to a whole different generation. Apparently, Freddie Mercury, I, re I heard, read that he actually saw it and signed off on it. Yeah, yeah. Before he passed I away. I think it was like one of the things that... Um, because it brought back uh, back to the future, because it brought um, Bohemian Rhapsody back into sort of social consciousness again. I think Queen were really happy about that yeah. that they've been. It was like it was like the equivalent of them performing at Live Aid and being rediscovered, you know, because they're in a bit of a slump at yeah. the time, aren't they? And I I think anything that makes you rediscover something is special. I mean, how many times do you put you you put? I've had this theory for years. If you can't if you don't know what to listen to, you can't sing with Bohemian Rhapsody or Queen. Yeah. If you put Bohemian Rhapsody in the car, everybody sings along. Of course, yeah. If you're arguing over what if to you listen to. Yeah. <laughs> if you are if you're listening to if you can't decide what to listen to, you put Queen on, everybody's happy. Is and Queen really, especially now with Bohemian Rhapsody. But if you think they're a band, I mean as, as, and they're fantastic. And if you delve into into the back catalogue. It's, you know, you'll find there it's got some really good stuff, and we're just talking stuff that's like I like Dragon Attack, the baseline, and the yeah, yeah. baseline is superb. But if you listen to the stuff that's just on the albums, that's that's well known. But a film like Bohemian Rhapsody or Wayne's World brings it brings a band like Queen, yeah, and makes them socially relevant again. Well, I mean, Shaun of the Dead did that with Don't Stop Me Now, didn't it? Oh. and and, I, and you're you, my best friend. Yeah, I mean, but more specifically, like you hadn't. I hadn't heard that song in a long time, and I think I'd only heard it once, and and it would have been a forgettable Queen song at the time, but it's synonymous now with that pull cue whacking zombie scene, yeah. isn't it? I mean, they're even whacking it in time for the beat, yeah. which I never noticed until I watched it later on, and my dad said, they're, they're whacking it in time to the drum beat, and I was like, they, they bloody well are as well. So Queen is a good thing to whack off to. Oh! With snicker cues. Yes. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, they're, I, they're, they're a band that can be rediscovered, aren't they? Yes. Constantly. But I, I think they're now, you know, ever since Bohemian Rhapsody, because that's always going to be doing the uh, outdoor cinema rounds. It's going to be, yeah. it's always going to be yeah, up there. Is. And that's all because of film. Yeah. Is, and the fact they managed to get people in, I mean, I, it is a purely, I think it's a queen, or a, I mean, they're a worldwide thing, but, yeah. but being British, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's homegrown special, for yeah, us. Yeah. And that's, that's what, and there we go, Slightly off, but uh, you know, with uh, uh, with uh, Blinded by the Light, I know people about Blinded by the Light, I love that film. It's, uh, <laughs> I have to Bruce watch it, huh? yeah. you have to, it's yeah. Bruce Springsteen, which was in New Jersey, if I'm right. I think so, yeah, he's yeah. like in New York, yeah, right? and uh, being you know, for uh, for, you know, basically, it's based on a true story and set in Luton, yeah, and and and, 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 and I, I just thought that was. You know, and it's like, you know, even though he's an American, he's an American singer, it's yeah. become socially relevant in Britain it's, and to a, to a Pakistani, uh, of the Pakistani descent yeah, uh, yeah. team. And I think that's brilliant of, of uh, showing 
cross culture, yeah. and, and that's what I love about music. And it's the whole thing is, you know, when we watch films, you know, our audience, and I'm hoping the audience for our podcast will become big, is is you don't know who's going to be listening to it, and that's yeah. the beauty is, films, and music are two things that can bring us together. You go to a you go to a gig, yeah, and it's 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 all about the music. It's not about sexual orientation, age, colour, religion. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all about that whole shared consciousness. And yeah, that's yeah. what I love about music and movies together. Yeah, and, and, and gigs, you can do it. Gigs share that that sort of the theatricality of movies as well, don't they? You know, yeah. Like I've seen Kiss live and it's one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Kiss aren't even particularly my favourite band, but they just put on such a great show that it's the singing and the theatricality. And I think that's the secret with the films as well. If the theatricality and the music gel with each other, then you're laughing, aren't you? you can be, if one of those things doesn't work, for me that collapses it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And this is this is what we've we, yeah, we've been going about. And this one is is when you marry the two together. Yeah, it's, it's, it is a marriage. Have we have we mentioned being a baby driver yet? Uh, we did mention baby driver, but not the beginning. Yeah, that is. You watch that. That, that is one hundred percent how you use the soundtrack. That is superb. But the opening sequence where he's walk when baby's walking along the street and all the words for the songs appear in time like that's like yeah, this is the it's whole operatic and and it. It really reminds me of the perfection that the way Tarantino uses Little Green Bag at the beginning of Reservoir Dogs. I mean, it's it's another great slow motion walking scene song, isn't it? Now, yeah, oh, that's perfect. It's, just, it's so I don't know. They should do a film together. <laughs> yeah. Um. What do they talk about? What's what are they talking about before that sequence? Madonna as well. Music. Madonna. Yeah. Like a virgin. And that song's not on the soundtrack. Exactly. But I bet loads of people went out and bought that. Yeah. And I'm sure though, and Tarantino's even said a famous story that he, Madonna was such a fan of the film that she sent him a signed copy of the album that was off. I can't remember what the album was called. Um, Erotica, I think it is, or something like that. Uh, and I tuned out to Madonna. No, I did, yeah, I don't like Madonna either, but <laughs> she signed it, It's Not About Dick. Yeah. Madonna. Like, it's, even she saw it and thought, well, you know what? But that, it, I was I actually, this is on the, the, uh, the soundtrack to. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. They wanted My Sharona, but one of the... Yeah, was, was it too expensive or something? Yeah, one of the... No. Uh, one of the... Uh, this is Pulp Fiction. And they found... Yeah, yeah. One of the members of the band found... Uh, became a born-again Christian and didn't like what he was, oh, was right. doing, so they lost the money. But it, was, but it was used in Reality Bites, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. So yeah. it ended up being used at the end and they got the money back, but they didn't do it from Tarantino because... But yeah. they found another song for it. But I just think that, you know, bands that don't sign off because, uh, because of the... Don't but you know Yeah, um, I mean but the, I mean with Troll Fiction as well, you've got another iconic unofficial theme of that film, which is Miserloo by Dick Dale. Yeah. You know, and like that surfer surfer rock is something that's absolutely shite. But when you hear it on Pulp Fiction, you know, that's that's the unofficial theme of that movie. And it, it just kicks the whole thing into yeah. gear, doesn't it? And it's just Yeah, he's he is a soundtrack god. Oh, you know, the other, the other day, I, I actually uh, told my fiance, I said, switch it off because we're going to do these all in order. If you're listening to this, when are we going to do these all in order? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we started watching Django Unchained. Yeah. And she said, oh, uh, she did so them yeah, all in I'm order. I'm the soundtrack on that because I don't really like hip hop. 
No, the opening though. But oh no, the opening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got as far yeah. as the opening, and then I was like, I have to get this soundtrack. And then, funnily enough, bringing us full circle, Roy Orbison has a song at the end of Hateful Eight, doesn't he? There's uh, no one coming home or something like that. I can't remember what it's called now. I have the soundtrack. There won't be many coming home. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's on the end of the credits. Ah. And, um, he's quite quite figurative, isn't he? In a yeah. lot of soundtracks. I don't know if I, you know, cause, uh, but the program I'm using it for is actually when you typed in Quentin, I typed in Quentin Tarantino, he just came up with his uh, Hateful Light, these last three films. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of funny when I look at them, you know, and it's, uh, sorry, once upon a time in Hollywood, I know I've kissed its ass the whole that podcast. Yeah, yeah. I just, I love that. Buy that soundtrack and I'm not getting paid by anybody. See, another one that really works with his is Jackie Brown. If you're really into soul and... and I think they even talk about a lot of this, the uh, they even talk about a lot of the um, the old sort of soul bands in it, don't they? They even mention, you know, um, Max Cherry starts to listen to that. Um, Didn't I love you? Baby? Yeah, it's a bit, I can't remember who it's by now, but um, because of a suggestion by Brian yeah. Greer, and then even Simon O. Jackson is like, "Is that the so and sos I can't remember what they're called now. Death Tones. No, Delphonics. Yeah, Delphonics, that's it. It sh- should never be the death tones. <laughs> no. Yes, Sorry. That's it. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, um, is this a Del- and it's, and it's a Delphonics? Yeah. You know, it's, and it's like Jackie's unofficial theme, isn't it? Yeah. And she's in this actual song, I can't remember. Yeah, it. Street Life. Yeah. yeah and that's the one. Pangria. Pangria. Yeah. I, uh, and uh, it's in, uh, for right, there's, there's one that was actually used in, was it Coffee or, or Jackie Brown? Oh, Foxy Brown. Foxy Brown, yeah, it may it's, well be, yeah. But that I is too mixed up. across 110th Street when the Miramax yeah, logo comes on, right yeah. for this, it's, it's superb. On the um, the travel, the escalator. Yeah. yeah, and she starts, and she starts running, and it, it's again, Jackie Brown is. It, I mean, it's one of my favorite. It's my favorite. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going towards you know discussion. You have your opinion can change in time. For years, Jackie Brown has been my favorite Tarantino film. Yeah, but because I've been listening to the soundtrack to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood at the moment, that's so raw. But you know, uh, Reservoir. I you know I I'll be honest. I've got like the last three Quentin Tarantino and the, you know the first three uh, soundtracks because I, I Reservoir Dogs to me you know from a period of my life it reminds me of uh, so it's one of these things you have you have to have the Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and Jackie Brown yeah, soundtracks yeah. for me as a film fanatic that's yeah must have and the fact that you know that you you, you feel that you need it. To have these, and I like the way that they have the K Billy sounds in the seventies. Yeah, like the the sort of fictional, like it's even Stephen Wright in real life, yeah. isn't it? So like that the setup for the radio stations. K B I L L. Yeah, that I mean, man's voice is so monotonous to listen to, isn't it? But it does suit that. Um, it suits that. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? That style yeah. of soundtrack. No, and a lot of sound, a uh, lot of Tarantino's. Um, ending songs for his films are the great perf- a perfect end. You know, like he uses Surf Rider on Pulp Fiction, and um, there won't be many coming home. And uh, what's uh, Jackie Brown is just re- reprises Cross Hundred and Tenth Street, yeah. doesn't it? And uh, you know, it's oh, and then Death Proof with Chick Habit. As well, oh, you know? April March! It's so brilliant. That's I I fully do. Uh, yeah, it's just, you, you, what you're just saying reminding me of so Star Wars, no matter how bad the ending is, you always 
and it goes in. The music, yeah. You go, you actually go out with a smile on your face, and that's yeah. what Tarantino. You just you saying that made me think. That's exactly what Tarantino does. Yeah. No matter how the film ends, you walk out with a smile on your face because yeah. the music where it kicks in. Yeah. So he's using songs as a score, in the sense that you're eliciting the emotion through the songs as George Lucas does with scores of. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's a good film. It's it's like opera's ending on a crescendo or Shakespeare plays ending on a double rhymer. It's a lot of things have must end with an upper, mm. and and you know, obviously like things like Schindler's List and you know you can't end that with like yeah. happy music. It wouldn't work, but that you do have to have your your nice endings now and yeah. again, and and the music does play into. I like with Star Wars as well. The end yeah. credits music it, that must always be there. Yeah, or it's not Star Wars. You know, even, even the even the Clone Wars, the animated series, it does the circle fade out thing, yeah. even if it's not the original score. Hey guys, see a little another little go because we seem to be kissing Quentin's ass today. <laughs> yeah, why not? The uh, Pulp Fiction soundtrack. Yeah, at the end, uh, if you get the uh, special edition, yeah, I know, edition, I've got that one. It's got Stranger Than Fiction. It's basically uh, 16 minutes, 10 seconds of Quentin Tarantino talking about the soundtrack to Pulp Fiction. So if you hadn't had enough of the soundtrack, you literally got Quentin Tarantino chatting about talking the about soundtrack, the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. which I, I think is absolutely fantastic and goes to show you what we've been going on about, how important soundtracks are. Yeah, I, I, I assume that's on YouTube somewhere as well. It will be. Everything's yeah. on YouTube. <laughs> Even yeah. this podcast, if you listen to it on Bottle. Yeah, exactly. yeah, but I mean... Um, yeah, it's. I mean, he is a perfect guy to talk about when you talk about soundtracks. I mean, like we said earlier, him and Edgar Wright are probably the two foremost soundtracketeers. Yeah, I don't know—is that a word? You know, it right? is now. Why it not? Why should yeah, we make that word? But um, yeah, no, it's just that it's they're alchemists with, with their music, you know, uh, with other people's music. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But sometimes you need that. We need someone to, you know, to. Point is in the right direction for new music because nowadays yeah. you it's, it's, no, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is the thing, is, and this is so bad about music as it is today. Is because whereas before you could literally, if you like rock or whatever you like, you could usually find it on the music channels, and before that you could find it on the radio. But nowadays, radio is is all you, you know. I get in the car, I like listen to classic rock, absolute eighties or absolute nineties. So it's all. With the majority of it is all the nostalgia trip, so it's yeah. harder to find new music. So when you find new music, it's usually old, and for me, or it's styled by old music, isn't it? Or yeah. or oh, it's influenced by. It's the alchemy again. Yeah. The base metal is the old music, and the gold is the music they produced through that process. Mm. I think for me, if that's a bit of a tasty metaphor. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I just realised we've been going long. I just realised we've been going longer than we usually do. Yeah, no, I, I, um, this is we could continue yeah, for another one and a half hours, but I just think that the people would, our listeners would have tuned out by then. Yeah, I mean, uh, just some final recommendations. If you in the TV world as well, Stranger Things has a fantastic set of soundtracks. I will watch that. It's and uh, Mindhunter as well. It's all seventies stuff. Brilliant. I know I have to see that because the guy who plays Ransom in it's apparently the same one. Isn't it? It's the same one from Once Upon a Time, yeah. I I gotta admit I'm really not a TV person. I but, yeah, it's sort of taken over a bit now, isn't it? And yeah. but there are some good shows out there and good shows with good soundtracks. I I I, I will be. I mean, I don't. I've got to literally watch this. I've got to get back up to date with my Marvel on uh, Netflix, and I've got to start watching Loki Dagger, but. Uh, 
Yeah, I find it hard when you, you've got so many movie channels and choices. It's horrible. I think, yeah, TV takes a lot of time up, doesn't it? Yeah. Whereas films accumulate. You can watch more than one in... And you can't watch... An, yeah, I suppose you could watch an entire series now because they're shorter, but... Yeah, I think it feels more time-consuming to watch TV than it does. I need to binge watch the chef show season two when it comes <laughs> on next week. Not just, not not because, uh, not because you know I want I I like cookery programs. I really don't watch cookery programs. No, I don't. But the fact that the chef is, uh, chef's got a good soundtrack. I just want to throw that out there. Chef has got one of my favourite soundtracks as well. <laughs> Pro out John Favreau. Uh, yeah, chef. And you've got the Chef Show coming, the season two coming up, so that's going to be the one extra I absolutely binge in one sitting. Yeah. I have to watch it again with my fiance because I have to watch it because it's John Favreau and it's the Chef Show and it's Chef. Yeah, you've got to watch the Favreau. You've got to watch it because John Favreau, Chef Roy Choi. Yeah. I love plugging stuff I really like. Would you like to play anything else that you really like? No, I think. I think we could go on forever, couldn't we, if we carry on? Yeah. You know, but it's just. It is. It is a big. It is a big. Uh, big soundtrack. It is a big um, deal in the film world. I think. And if the, if it's like the final thought, probably would be that if it's done correctly and perfectly, with that alchemy in place between the music and the the beats of the film, then you know it's it's perfection. Yes. And it's memorable. And it makes you spend money. And it makes you spend money, yeah. And it makes you <laughs> find something that you can, that makes you find, that's what I love, you know, it makes you find that new, that music we may not listen to. And yeah. It's, because that's the way, just the only way we can really find stuff outside yeah. these days. Wide the mouth, isn't it? Yeah, because it's a cult thing again. Nowadays, all radio is, and all people so like it's popular. Yeah. It's like, a, uh, this someone, I was watching this video, they're suing Lady Gaga over the Star is Born. Alright. Oh, uh, the claim, this guy claims it's got the same, and he's broke down saying, well, if you want to look, the construction of all these songs is the, is the same as this. So if you want to go back, you, this guy is ripping yeah. off this guy, yeah, he's ripping yeah. off this guy, he's ripping off this guy because of the, of the way it, it, really, it really is. But there's no originality left anymore, so we um, have to go to the past. So it's thank you, Quentin Tarantino and Edgar Wright. We're actually showing us the way, and to anyone that's actually that's actually making films today, that that's introducing us to new music and using it, the marriage. Yeah, it is. But I want to watch Donnie Darko now, just to watch that scene again. Oh, yeah, yeah, I probably will. I think Donnie Darko is worth a rewatch. Yeah, definitely. Donnie Darko is 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 that took a while for that soundtrack to come out. I did. They had the score right. first, but then again, you you know. You could pick the stuff from uh, 80s albums. But yeah. Donnie Darko did introduce me to Joy Division. Oh, okay. They did. It's a... Hallelujah, I believe in Joy Division. It does seem... Donnie Darko always seems to me like a sort of unofficial Tears for Fizz promotion vehicle. Yeah, there's, there's a few songs, isn't there? Is there one? Is there an, I thought there was two. Is there not that one... No, Mad World. Well, kind of. Two, so you're right. It's Gary Jules. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. But, yeah. Okay. but like I said, that one is actually good though. Yeah, yeah. Tears for Fears are a good band as Tears well. Tears for Fears are good, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot of people realise the covers of their songs were theirs originally. Yeah, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, and, it? uh... No, I'm thinking of Soft Style, sorry. No. <laughs> I always think of Tainted Love is one of theirs, but it's not, is it? Uh, oh, is it? Tears for Fears are... 
Thank you, 80s and com 80s compilations. They are indeed. Something seems to love everybody who wants to rule the world. Woman in change, shout head over heels, mad world, pale shelter, I believe, late so low, mother's talk, change, advices to the young heart. That's like the 1992 craze. Yeah, itself. shout especially. Yeah. That's a. I don't want to talk about them, isn't it? Everybody wants to rule the world. That was. Didn't they use that in. I was like thinking it. Independence Day. They used, it's no, the, it's end, the of end of the world as we know, you know it. But yes. you should know that. That's REM. I know, but I thought they used both of them there. They may, they may well do. I haven't seen that. I know it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But again, they, REM actually had a song in the, in the Bachelor Party as well. Oh, did they? I haven't yeah. seen Bachelor Party for years. You, 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 uh, that reminds me of the line from Clerks too. I always wanted to see a donkey show <laughs> after watching Bachelor Party, and I was like, "Wow, I remember that." I think Bachelor Party is like my first film where I saw boobs. That was that was for me. Porkies, I can't Bachelor Party and Porkies, both Bachelor Party. Come on, come on! We need a DVD release of those films. All three. I think Porkies is out, isn't it? Porky's 3 isn't it? Oh, is it not? It's interesting that Porky's is directed by a guy who directed like a seminal horror film. Which one was that? Bob Clark, you know, Black Christmas. Oh, which yeah. is also being remade again. Uh, Porky's, if, you know, well, if you're too young for Porky's, don't watch Porky's. It's basically the American Pie before American Pies. Yeah, it? except we actually do see uh, that bit where Tommy sticks his food there. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to go on those things. Let's have a look. This is the, this is the beauty about the internet. You can yeah. actually pull wind out wind out REM wind out is on. There's music. This is early REM, so it's it's actually it's on Reckoning Deluxe Edition. I think it was a B side. It was, but I've got it on like multiple compilations. You end up with that, though, don't you? On when you've got a favourite band. Yeah. About six versions of their greatest hits. When we finish this podcast, I'll actually show you something. I think I've got about seven different greatest hits for ABBA on my iPod. ABBA. Oh. Yeah, ABBA. I don't do ABBA. <laughs> I don't do ABBA. That's my band. That There's I've a done. perfectly constructed film around the soundtrack. That I will never, musical. ever, 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 ever watch. Oh, yeah. I do not so... like ABBA. I do not like ABBA. So... Okay, I, I don't like ABBA. It's like, interestingly, a band that writes a lot of their music around depressing subjects. Yeah, I, try right? to, I, mean, like the, I just listen to the melodies and, and think of a period in time that was... Okay, they write good melodies, but I just could not pay me to see one of those films. Oh. Sorry, but I thought he ended up being forced into it. Do you want to see James Bond singing? It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather not, because I just don't... Don't bootstrap, Bill. He's in it as well. Yeah, Stellan's yeah, in, in it. Still yeah, not going to watch it. It's either. three dads. Can I just say I've got nothing against Spoiler alert. I've got these. got two dads. There's three dads. Colin Firth's another one. He's the gay dad. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to say... Basically, I'm... like, the, the conceit is that the girl doesn't know which one of them's her dad, so she invites all three of them to the island. So her mother is what they call a... Nudge, nudge, wink. Shrumpet. Yeah, I... No, I, I, but, I, um... And it never tells you which one was the actual dad, so she just has... The it's baby. three men and a baby! Yes, <laughs> Yay! Yeah. No, I no, don't do sorry, I don't, I don't think Mamma Mia was going to pop up in this podcast. No. Um, I forgot a name check from... Can I just say Inside Lewin Davis? Yeah, I've not, still not seen that either. 
despite many recommendations. Kylo Ren, Poe Dameron singing with with us singing with Justin Timberlake. If that's not worthy of getting a soundtrack, You've never seen that, yeah, yeah, and it's got a cat in it. Cat? It's got a ginger cat in. Oh, I thought you said I thought you meant cat from like Red Dwarf. <laughs> no, no, it's got a cat in. It's got a cat inside of the Davis. Oh my god! And it's directed by the Coens. And and it's got John Goodman want. in it, and mm. it's got Oscar Isaac and Adam Driver and Justin Timberlake in it, and it's a good film, and it actually got a cinema release, unlike Annihilation. Yeah, still a sore point. Yeah, we won't go there. No, because if we do, that's a whole other subject. So we tend to veer off a bit. We do, yeah, but it's okay. Oh yeah, well, thank you for listening. I'm Stevie W again. Callum, and uh, there will be more of these ones. I'm gonna let you have the final words. Yeah, I just think what we were saying is true, isn't it? Like, if you can mar up the marriage between the soundtrack and the film, you've got a perfect thing to watch and listen to. That's my tuppence, such as it is. I'll say see you soon. Yep, see you later, guys.